0: listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. It, this uh, anonymous texture, anonymous tweeter says, I love it when Brandon is on the podcast. I listen to it every time uh, he's on. Brandon Jaggers. Especially before I make love to my husband. Please have Brandon on more. And me, CC Broadus.
1: Really? Yeah, I wonder this- who that is. <laughs>
0: Welcome to episode number ninety of the Auxiliary Gay Podcast. I'm CC Broadus. On my left is Mr. Alan Schneider. Alan, how you doing?
1: Uh, I'm fine. I've uh, just so people realize uh, CC tried to uh, trade me in this week for Joe Burrow, but we have yet to get a call back from Joe. So I guess I'm in for the time being until I get kicked off in, in place of him. You're on notice. Uh, We're going to talk about the Bengals here in a minute. But uh, big news in the world of sports
0: today, Alan. Tom Brady has retired. I think we can all agree that uh, Tom Brady will be best known for his uh, cheating ways with the New England Patriots, uh, the Tuck Rule, Spygate, Deflategate. Alan, uh, with that in mind, who is your all-time least favorite cheating bastard?
1: (laughs) My least favorite cheating bastard, huh? Oh, boy. Let me think back to uh, when we would play pickup basketball as some little punks down the street. Um, cheating ba- – I guess you'd go know, it's, – it's a horse racing-related podcast, and this stuff gets beaten to death. I guess you'd have to go with the Navarro. I mean, right? Uh, I, I mean, that guy was just an absolute bastard. I mean, so off the top of my head, I, would, I, I like Tom Brady and like a lot of people. Uh but put me down for Jorge Navarro and yeah, Jerry Tarcaney was a bit of a cheating bastard too, wasn't he? Mm.
0: Uh, wow, that came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of different sports. Uh, do you have anybody in mind?
0: Uh for me it would be uh what was the Richard Gere movie that uh Unfaithful? unfaithful it would be the guy that she cheated with
1: (laughs) oh yeah he was a bastard he's a diane lane is uh (laughs) in her peak she was a a very handsome woman let's put it that way right she was a cheating never mind
0: anyway so on my right is brandon jaggers uh brandon big news over the weekend i'm not sure if you're aware of this or not but at a golden corral in ben salem pennsylvania (laughs) A fight broke out because of a steak shortage uh, amongst about 40 people. Uh, My question to you, Brandon, have you ever eaten at a Golden Corral? And if not, what the hell is wrong with you?
1: No, he hasn't.
2: I got a great story here because I was in college. I was a junior. My parents weren't giving me any money. I was literally scraping coins just to get by. And I thought it was a great idea that me and a couple of my roommates go to Golden Corral. I've never been there in my entire life. I've never been to a buffet. Well, I like Sizzler back when I was growing up. I thought it was a great thing. But Golden Corral in Lexington, gosh, I want to say, what road was it off of? Richmond, perhaps? Red Mile Road, maybe? No, Red, Red I didn't go to no. that one. Oh, okay. I didn't go to that one. And uh, we went, and I, I tell you, there was no shortage of anything there. And we had a great time. But I will say, okay. the, the steak shortage it's hit close to home I go Krogering not often Sarah does a lot of that but I got a Kroger next to the bank I, I walk over there to, to it and I always look at the steaks anything exotic that I can find that may not have maybe been passed over because the price tag was a little much I like to say they put it in the dog food section for a day I think a the steak age steak like that is perfect I found some great like uh t-bone steaks and stuff but at the last couple of times I've been over there, there has been no stake anywhere to be found that was worth a damn buying. So I don't know what's going on, but go Krogerin. I own the stock. Please go Krogerin.
0: Supply chain issues, right? Yeah, if you haven't
1: noticed, Brandon, there's a lot not much of a lot of things. <laughs> I work in the auto industry. I can assure you that. To, to I mean, how are the they going short
2: of cows? Why are we short huh? of cows? There's no reason. They procreate just like they
0: did. That's not the problem. The shortage of cows is not the problem. It's the slaughterhouses. I I assume there's no employees at the slaughterhouses to to chop the meat up.
1: Yes, that's fair. Uh, Again, I work in auto plant. I can tell you some stories. It's the fact that we have anything right now, for a wide variety of reasons, is actually amazing. And we can pretend that it's not happening, but it is.
0: Moving right along. We had a big weekend of sports uh, locally. First, we want to talk about... My who days, who day, who day, who day think going to beat the Bengals,
2: Brandon? Well, I don't think it's going to be them Rams.
1: Nobody. <laughs> he set you up.
2: Oh, I know. I heard it plenty. I was at Saints Bar in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm going to give a shout out to Cliff Amos, the proprietor of a nice bar of Colts Saints in St. Matthews. I think it's at yes. 135, 137 Breckenridge Lane should visit there it has got a great time uh i was there from 3 30 until 7 15 until sarah said time to come home so I came
1: <laughs> was it crazy was it crazy in there
2: well I, I wasn't around for this part but supposedly the group i was with there's five or six people at the bar you know at a table they ran a 600 dollars bar tab i just had diet coke so i don't know I mean, I don't know who can do that. That's a lot of damage in one afternoon. So, I think Kevin Adams is part of that group. Our good friend Kevin Adams listens to the pod every so often. He likes to buy buy tequila shots. He's a big man. He likes a tequila shot.
0: Gotcha. Outstanding. Well, this, this Bengals run has been nothing short of remarkable. This team was beaten early in the season by the New York Jets, the Vikings, the Bears uh in the last playoff game against the titans the quarterback gets sacked 10 times they're getting drubbed in the first half and and somehow pull off the miracle win uh and, and it all came down to the kicker this is uh a lot of a lot of uh accolades need to be passed out to to the kicker mcpherson and the defense and and burrow and chase i mean it was a it was a team effort and uh finally you know in my lifetime well my lifetime i'll get to see the the Bengals playing a Super Bowl.
1: It, it, it goes to show you, folks, that I'm the oldest one on this pod because I've seen the Bengals in two Super Bowls. No, I have
0: two. I have two. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I've seen them in two Super Bowls as well, but I didn't think I'd ever see it again.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I I will say I was talking off air with CeCe. Uh, the NFL is a little bit bizarre thing to me. I have a love-hate relationship with the NFL. I think NFL playoffs are great, but a lot of the games seem to be kind of a – Either they're blowouts or they, they always seem to come down the wire. It's like one team lets the other team back in, yada, yada, yada. And they go down the wire, field going, you know, at the, at the end of the game. That said, I would give you 50-1 to 1 on the Bengals to win that game in the second quarter uh, because the Chiefs were rolling up and down the field like robots. I mean, they were scoring in mechanical fashion, the same way they did against the Bills late. It just seemed like they were unstoppable. Cincinnati wasn't playing terribly offensively. But, uh, you know, it just felt like the Chiefs were going to hang 50 on him. And then the Chiefs made a couple of mistakes late in the, late in the first half when they should have kicked a field goal or That's thrown the right. ball out of bounds. That's and right. the game turned from that point. From that point, it was on, and it was one hell of – and I'm so happy for a lot of my fan, friends. I was a big kid. And for CC and a lot of my friends, I have friends who are diehard Bengals fans. It, it was a thrill to see them happy. And some of the pictures we've seen over the Internet and stuff, are just, it's just fascinating. So I am looking forward to the – Watching one of my favorite quarterbacks. He was my one of my favorite quarterbacks in college. I think he's the best college quarterback i have ever seen in Joe Burrow. I'm just doing interesting. You can see against that vaunted Rams defensive line in uh, two weeks. But I, I think the Bengals have an excellent chance. And don't forget, Joe
2: Burrow came back after a big knee injury,
1: huge amazing injury. Yeah, And that stop
2: up. in the first half where they sh- they should have kicked, they went for it on fourth down and scored a touchdown. That was the turning point. The defense yeah. second half, totally different game. Mahomes was off. I thought he was off, but I, I do want to say something else. The other night I was with Will Nefsker, big pod guy, big horse guy, everybody, and he put when we were down in uh, down in New Orleans last two weekends ago to see Change of Control and Michelle Win or uh, Just Might. It was Just Might. Sorry, two weekends ago, uh, he made a bet at Harris. I think it was two hundred dollars to win the Super Bowl on the Bengals. He oh. is a diehard, lifelong Bengals fan. And he said, you can't, you can't fake the momentum, you can't fake the hype, and it's Bengals time. And, I mean, he sat back, <laughs> reserved first half, second half. Uh, he broke loose, and, it, and it, it was unbelievable fashion. Great. He rebroke like a batter horse. I've never seen a guy like that. But I up from the first half to go to the second half. He went like 22 flat to
1: finish it out. <laughs> what, what what odds did he get on the Bengals when he bet it? 7-1.
3: Okay, all right.
1: Well, I hope he uh, catches a nice little ticket there. Not
2: bad. We'd all take a winner at 7-1 to one on this pod.
1: You got that right.
2: Exactly
0: right. Let's turn our sights uh, back to uh, horse racing. <coughs> Big-time uh, stakes race over the weekend, of course. The Pegasus World Cup Invitational. Won by Life is Good, defeating Nick go in his final career start. Now Nick go will be sent off to stud duty. Life is good is the new darling of American racing. Uh, Alan, we'll start with you. Any anything you want to uh, anything about Pegasus weekend you want to talk about?
1: Uh, Not really. Uh, It was, you know, the the card, the the card came back chalky. It looked like it might at least the later portions, of the the, the major races. Um, I always get a kick out of when one horse loses, Uh, even though the accomplished career like next goal, people want to bash it and I guess it's just that Twitter thing. I don't – people feel like they have to have an opinion and stuff. Uh, Nick's goal ran a pretty damn game second, in my opinion, right? He didn't get the trip he wanted, and he's still closed to be second. Uh, I mean, the horse's resume speaks for itself. Life is good was unreal. Life is good was unreal. Um, You know, Nick's goal broke just a split second flat-footed. We saw that with Michelle's just might in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. Last year uh, against horses of that caliber, you just can't you just everything has to go perfectly when, when that horse broken and the same thing with Nicks go in an ordinary race Nicks go could have broken that that flat footed um, and gotten away. With the, but like by that point, life is go was gone. And yes, there was some race riding as well. But I thought it was a good effort by Nick's go. It was a great way for my life is good. And I mean, Nicks goes the ones get ready to go to stud duty. So it sounds to me like his life is good, too. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, life is – and, yeah, as you said, the latest Wonder Horse's life is good. It's the latest flavor of the month because people in horse racing have to have somebody they are pulling for rooting for. he's fun to watch. And, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it, but I'm still going to be more interested in the fourth race at Turfway on Friday night. Brandon?
2: Yeah. yeah, man. Alan, I love that last segment.
1: <laughs> perfect. But,
2: yeah, I mean, I would say I, – I will tell you this. I mean, once Nick go announced that he was going to retire prior to this race – then Life is Good comes in it. They were going to have a head-to-head, final say-off. But let me tell you, man, I mean, Nick's good was probably not as cranked up, sat in the stall way too long. I agree with that. They they had a ton to try to load. Something was going on. You know, all that bullshit that happens. And then when they broke, uh, you know, those brothers came out and did something. That's what Twitter said. I didn't really notice it that much. But there may have been a little skirmish in the first turn, but... You know, we all knew at the quarter, I think, Greg, you said it, first quarter, it was over. It was over. And, uh, you know, go does a, gr- a valiant effort. Life is good. Should have came into the, the the big time. Went to the Breeders' Cup, you know, the the big race and entered there. They didn't. They picked the cheap thing. You know, next you're going to hear everyone say Nashville, Nashville. Well, you know what? Nashville didn't run this past weekend.
1: You meant Flightline, so, right? Flightline. Uh, Flightline. Yeah, Flightline. Yeah. Way nashville came in last
2: at oakland right that's what i'm saying nashville was yeah. the second coming to speed well, yeah you're right good life is good is a good horse it was a great horse went a mile and an eight for the first time ever it's only raced what six times seven times but everybody was saying you know Nashville's awesome but this and that you know let me tell you a horse race it's ebbs and flows you're gonna take your shots go was a hell of a consistent horse second place not bad at all
1: no, won the race last year. And we'll
2: see if life is good, what, what the campaign is going to be for life is good this year. But I, I believe me, when there's one setback, <laughs> I'm going to jump on those Twitter guys.
3: They're all <laughs> eating
2: that shit up because it was wrong. Nick Taylor <laughs> ran a great race. He you did. Know, if you put me in the stall for three, four minutes, I don't know when the hell we're going to start either.
1: You put me in the stall for three or four minutes and nobody wants to come back in to go in after that, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that I mean note- the gate,
2: the gate. But anyway. <laughs>
0: On that note, let's get to our special guest this evening. Cot Campbell is widely recognized as the man that made uh, racing partnerships excuse me popular, putting together several groups that race top horses such as Preakness Winter Summer Squall and Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Winter Storm Song. Fast forward to today, and partnerships are now part of, of the fabric of the game from every level, top to bottom, uh, from... Uh, grade one stakes down to uh your bottom level claim, claiming races uh our guest tonight operates bluegrass racing club and he's here to talk about his racing group and his vision going into 2022 welcome to the auxiliary gate david rogers david how you doing
3: just fine how are you guys
0: glad to be here uh, david uh first of all how did you get into racing
3: um well i've lived within five miles of Churchill my whole life and um In 2016, my wife bought me my first uh, Father's Day present, and that was a membership to the Churchill Downs Racing Club. So that's how my ownership uh, started.
0: Tell us about uh, the the Churchill Downs Racing Club. Which horses were you in on?
3: Uh, We were in the first two, um, so we got to catch the ride with Warriors Club and Dial Me. Awesome.
2: Yeah god oh yeah, warriors it, warriors
0: club was a, he won a grade one
3: uh he won the commonwealth at, Kingland. Uh, <laughs> i'll never forget it guys. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think it was a grade three at the time i think it's a grade two now
0: okay yeah warriors club was a, that was an incredible ride that hard i think mm-hmm. that was, uh, placed and won and placed several different stakes races and that races and whatnot so, mm-hmm. did you ever get to meet uh wayne lucas
3: uh, yes, on the back side, we got a couple visits back there. What was and, he like? Uh, exactly how he is on TV. Yeah, he's Wayne Lucas. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Uh, whatever happened to Warriors Club? Did he ever get a stud deal or anything like that?
3: Uh, no, I think he's actually um at one of the prisons doing uh you know some work with prisoners and and the programs out there.
0: I think took the Johnny Cash route.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah okay all right was he gilded yes oh he was okay i didn't know mm-hmm. okay so was he your... was gilded,
3: he was gilded after retirement
0: i got you what was your uh uh your stint with the uh, church of downs racing club was that satisfactory to you or did it...
3: uh yes it did exactly what um you know it just kind of got the taste and that's kind of when um in 2018, a couple of the members from Churchill Downs Racing Club were at the track, and we were watching, I think, ten or fifteen thousand dollar claimers go through the ring, and we were like, uh, "We can do this! Like, let's figure this out." Well, let's so, talk about
0: that. So, you you formed the Bluegrass Racing Club. Tell us about uh, the trials and tribulations of getting that started.
3: Uh, well, there's no real owner's manual instruction manual to how to be an owner. So um, with the help of Gary Palmisano um, and Tommy Drury um, kind of got our inch by inch, our feet through the door. And then I think in 2019, about this time, 2019, we claimed our first horse. And which horse was that? Uh, it was Mama Loves You. Um, at shows you how much uh we were we're called the bluegrass racing club we claimed a uh ontario bred and we won a race in ohio so (laughs) that's the first horse was always a a trial
0: how many partners did you have on that first syndicate
3: uh we had 10 total
0: 10 total and uh so what i like about tommy Drury he's been a guest on our podcast a few times and we think the world of him he's a great guy great trainer knows what he's doing has uh has several stakes horses in the barn right now but what i like about tommy he's not afraid to go to belterra and uh and and the great thing about belterra now it's not not your old river downs river downs used to have those five six seven thousand dollar purses back in the day Mm -hmm. but now with Mm -hmm. the slots i mean you can you can hit a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollar uh maiden race or lounge race nowadays. So that's uh, Belterra has a, a, become a feasible option.
3: hmm Yeah, and uh, the thing about Tommy is, you know, we claimed a horse for seventy-five hundred dollars and he won it five thousand, but he got the same treatment as the stakes horses in the barn. There's no difference. Like the five thousand dollar claimer got grade one treatment. So, like that's that's what makes Tommy the best.
0: So Gary Pomosano set the set you up with him basically is that right? that's what you said
3: Yeah I got to meet Tommy he he ended up training um uh, Dalme um Okay she she got injured uh when she was with D Wayne and then went to Tommy and um she won a race at Belterra right um or two races I think right. So
0: another horse in your stable is a Gunner Paul Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you come across this horse? I know this horse had, so, had run through the auction a few times, and I think he's got a pretty good family, but how did you come across him?
3: Um, well, we we started out about this time last year looking for claimers, and as you guys know, being in Kentucky, uh, even Turfway in the Keeneland and the Churchill Spring Meet, I mean, there were claims – I I bet we tried to claim eight or 10 horses and I think the lowest number of shakes was maybe three or four. So we went, we went three or four months easy without a horse. And then, um, I found, we found Gunnar Paul in the the basic Tipton sale in July of racing age and, uh, got lucky and got him for 15,000. Uh, yeah. And he's, and he's a half to, um, right. Mernath, I think right. the Baffert Philly um, that that yeah, yeah.
0: won some stakes races for.
3: I mean, he was a hundred fifty thousand dollar two year old, so right. Um, he kind of snuck under the radar, I think.
0: Did you do it when you picked out the horse? Did you do anything special? I mean, did you just did you have um,
3: some
0: friends or, or or how did you? Uh, who who that, made the decision?
3: That sale, um, I I work with um, one of our other members, Patrick Wellborn. He's been with me the whole time. Um, you know, kind of uh, support and, you know, telling me which idea is good and bad. Um, And so we went through the sale probably had about 25 horses on the list. Tommy went and looked at them the day before and gave us like three or four that we could bid on. And uh, the, the first two that we had on our list went for like 95,000. So we were like, Oh my gosh, what are we (laughs) doing here? And I think Gunnar Paul was like the fifth from the last horse in the sale. He was a supplement. So, you know, we just had to sit there all day and kind of just wring our hands over it.
0: So let's fast forward to uh, Churchill downs in November and it looks like the, the the Bluegrass Racing Club picked up its first win at Churchill yeah. Downs. Is that correct?
3: September, yeah.
0: Oh, September. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right.
3: September. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was our first win at Churchill, our first start at Churchill. I mean, I, it's still kind of hard to believe. Even if it – that's what I always tell people that, um, you know, are thinking about – uh getting into ownership. It doesn't matter whether it's five thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars, or three hundred thousand dollars. If your horse is running down the stretch, like you can't you can't even explain the feeling. Um so uh it's still kinda hard to uh believe considering I've basically been a Churchill Downs boy since I was twelve. So uh yeah.
0: I'm looking at the chart here. Your horse uh, beat uh, beat owners from, uh, like, Lawrence Roman,
3: mm-hmm. uh, Perry
0: Martin. Perry Martin, I think, owned California Chrome, 10-Strike Racing, Calumet Farms. I mean, I mm-hmm. always took pride in that when my dad had horses uh, many years ago. We, you know, we'd look at the owners that we beat, and it's like, Man, little little old us knocked these,
3: know, these yeah. billionaire
0: owners off. You know, well,
3: pretty cool. He, his second race in uh, November at Churchill, I think it was the week after mm-hmm. Breeders' Cup, and in that race it was a fifty thousand dollar claimer, and you had Asmussen, Catalano, Rosario. I mean, all those guys had just won. Uh, breeders couple of week ago and they're, and then you're sitting there running against them. It, you're right. standing in the paddock and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around all that.
0: I mean, winter circle pictures, did you, did you get?
3: Uh, I think I got three. Right. Uh, yeah. I told um, Cody photography before I said, Hey, you might want to snap a few pictures in the paddock cause you're going to sell a couple of win or lose. And then uh, we were lined up out the door after the race.
0: So Gunner Paul, let's see, raced again November 11th at Churchill, mm-hmm. and he got claimed for 30000 Is that correct? $50,000? 50, 50, $50,000, 50,
3: 50, yes.
0: So uh, I don't want to get too nosy, but I think but I, you, you got out on the horse, right?
3: Uh, uh, yes, pretty we- Pretty well. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So that kind of ended that partnership, right? And, and now you're, uh, you're looking to start a new one or
3: well, the gunner Paul group, uh, we, you know, we talked about it and, um, we're actually going to take that money and go to Ocala here in the spring and try to find a two-year-old.
0: Okay. That was my next question. I was, I was curious if you're going to look for a two-year-old or you're going to look for a, uh, maybe try to claim a horse. So uh, the claiming game is really, really, really super tough yes uh yeah so you're gonna go the two-year-old route now how what what how do you uh i guess you have to assemble a team kind of to go through all these horses
3: uh yes we're working on horses right (laughs) uh yeah i think the one in april is like 1700 horses i mean that's yeah you're gonna have to have a whole team and people on every corner of the track and yeah it's.
0: They run a, a sale. In, was it March and April, and mm-hmm. another one in July or June or something like that? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, Keeneland's even going to have one either Derby Week or I think it's the last day of the meet. So. Yeah.
0: That's that's awesome. So tell us about this partnership. Then uh, can you you want to discuss uh, the like the terms and uh, you know how much you you know you put up for a share and, and whatnot or, or is, are you or but I think I misunderstood you. you, you you're you, not, are you taking on new members at all?
3: Yeah, we actually have one that's okay. open right now and we're going to kind of do, um, uh, the way, the way we've set it up is each horse is its own LLC. Basically. I got you. Um, with each different groups, group of members. And, uh, so that Gunner Paul groups their own group. And then we're starting a new one, um, accepting members now. And we're kind of going to do the same thing. Um, uh, look for a ten, fifteen thousand dollar horse, and um, there's been too many times where I've seen friends uh, get into a horse for fifty thousand dollars, and then they get the win picture at ten or fifteen, and it's just not as, you know, they spend three or four months. So right. if we if we can get one, you know, maybe it it takes us a little longer to get a horse because tommy's picky and i'm kind of picky and um we try to find one with potential and our goal is running a churchill or keeneland you know it's the same dirt the derby and the bluegrass and everything's ran on so that's being most everybody from kentucky that's that's our goal every time
0: outstanding okay uh alan you have any questions for david
3: yeah, I'm kind of curious,
1: David, because I remember the Gunner uh, Paul race very well. The horse was broke on the outside that day, correct? I think it was a 10 horse or something like that.
3: Yeah, and I mean, it set up perfectly for him. He got a, almost like a double move on the backside. That replay is crazy, and it kind of fell apart down the stretch. And Corey split through horses and, uh, you know, won by four or five, I think.
1: Yeah, he won easy, and I, and I remember the race in particular. And I, I underestimated the horse, despite the fact that it was a first-time Tom Drury horse, which is usually a go-to for me. Uh, but the thing that I remember about it, the horse had a little back class, but had not done much running, and so this horse fires. Uh, I guess it was a thirty. I want to say it was a thirty thousand dollars maiden claimer. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Is that right?
3: Yes, yes. So uh,
1: what, what, uh, what brilliance did Tom bring about to, to have that t- type of sharp form reversal? I mean, he obviously. Uh, he obviously got to, uh, he, f- he found what, what clicked with the horse. What did he, do you know?
3: Well, our goal, you know, uh, we try, like with Gunnar Paul, we collected about 25000 I think, and we bought Gunnar Paul for fifteen. So we had a little wiggle room there, and I told Tommy, I said, listen, if he needs time, give him time. And, you know, Tom, there was a couple things on his replays, you know, uh, he got, stuck on the rail one time and kind of gave up and hadn't really passed any horses. And, you know, Tommy being out at skylight training center, he, he can do a lot more, you know, kind of one-on-one and just work on. And that's pretty much all he did for six weeks was work on passing horses, work on being on the inside of horses and uh, finishing strong. And um, that's exactly what, happened it just goes to show you that just giving a horse time and letting him kind of develop and the trainer get to know him i mean we could have probably ran him back two or three weeks after we bought him for 15 or 20 at ellis but we gave him the extra month and got the win at 30 so i think i think that's what paid off (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah certainly and I, as if I, our friend michelle Lovell is the one who actually claimed the horse and took it to the fairgrounds correct
3: mm-hmm. yeah and i mean we still our members still send out text messages when he's entered we're still- we still follow along and and uh our uh well i've I've been invested in his uh future <laughs> a couple of times so of course.
1: I remember I remember the horse won, ran the turf at the fairgrounds recently, correct? I think, and won an okay fourth as I recall, right? Uh,
3: I think he came in second the other day. I think oh, she took okay. the, she took the blinkers off of him and he and he seemed to kind of respond to that, so well, I think it's he'll... cool that
1: you continue to follow the horse. I mean I know it's oh, all, yeah. it means a lot to you <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as I recall in that race, the horse won going away, so that last sixteenth of a mile where you guys just through the roof, cheering, you know, waking up the neighbors around Churchill Downs. I mean, were you, was it, was it that party atmosphere that last, uh, I don't know, 200 yards?
3: Uh, yeah. Other than, I think a lot of us, because we were standing right there at the apron, uh, at the, at the um, gate, um, you know, that leads from the paddock to the track. And uh, I mean, when he kind of passed me, if that, if that rail hadn't have been there, I'd have been out halfway on the track, you know, <laughs> when they passed us. So uh yeah it was it was kind of crazy
1: so we're getting close to derby time you know where uh, if you're a Louisvilleian, you i know where you live at you live fairly close to the racetrack mm-hmm. so we're getting close to derby time i have to think derby is probably an annual holiday for you right like it is for the rest of us and such do you do you celebrate derby do you go do you there derby week are you having parties uh because i know if you if you guys kind of interest in owning horses derby has to be somewhat special to you right
3: Uh, Yeah, my favorite thing about derby is probably the Sunday before I try to get on the backside. And uh, I've done that a lot, even, um, you know, sneaking in when I was like 16 or 17 to the backside. That's after all the workouts are finished and the horses are just kind of, it's kind of relaxed and everybody's just kind of waiting those six days until derby. So that's Sunday morning before the derby is my favorite
1: yeah i can understand that it, that is a cool time the anticipation starts to build do you actually go to the race do you go to the oaks or is it uh, just chilling at the house What what's you, your usual plans uh
3: the last time i went to derby was always dreaming uh, i haven't been back since um I've had two kids and or i've had yeah two kids in between then so yeah i'll um, do it yeah
1: it's a shame you saw one of the worst Derby winners ever, but uh, that's. <laughs>
3: it, yeah. And and uh, well, that year, McCracken, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, uh, I was all in on McCracken since he was a two-year-old. So that was disappointing when uh, Irish war crowd wiped out half the field. Yeah. At yeah. the start.
1: That was Ian McCracken. That's uh, Ian Wilkes. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. was Brian Aranis had the out that year on, yeah. on that yes. horse's our call. Yeah, he's been on the plot. He's a, he's a great guy. He's mm-hmm. a great jockey. Who do you have favorite I mean, because you are a Louisvilleian, this is a jockey horse racing podcast. I unabashedly love jockey racing. It's it's my bread and butter. So I have my favorites. <clears throat> are there favorites that you have, jockeys or even trainers, that uh, that raise your eyebrow a little bit? Uh,
3: my favorite jockeys is always ha- and has been since. Since he pretty much came over here, is Floron oh. um I I love the way he rides on dirt and turf. If I had a turf horse that was going to be on the lead at the top of the stretch, the only jockey I want on it's Flo, Flo. He seems like he can get them home from yeah, the lead I, there.
1: Um, you have a trainer? Uh,
3: have a trainer? Tom, Tommy Drury, of course. Any hey, non
1: Tommy Drury trainers? <laughs>
3: Um, I, you know, before my trainer before was always Brad Cox. Um, before he blew up, he was always a, you know, a first off the claim or uh, definitely a second off the claim. It seemed like once he got a horse with a race under him, um, he was always money. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I got to tell you, um, uh, David, this flow. The, Laurent Giroux and Brad Cox love works. as a perfect segue to send this over to our colleague here, Brandon Jazz because uh, he loves both of those guys. And for good reason, because he has a put his partnership. used those two very gentlemen. And with that, without further ado, we'll send it to Brandon.
2: Yeah, I think uh, that combo is probably netted us nine or 10 wins. I feel, I don't know. I have no idea actually, but, uh you're right those guys are great and so is tommy and you know Corey's a great rider churchill and this, mm-hmm. is a, this is a great story because you started out small and guess what you know you got the confidence to build up you got some people behind you and that's what it's all about and you're right it, it doesn't matter if it's a nickel claimer fifty thousand, hundred hundred thousand 100, 100 000 is a little bit different but
3: mm-hmm.
2: just to climb the ranks or any type of rank to see hope and in progress in a horse, I, I think it's, you, you know, it's, it's priceless. So, mm-hmm.
3: uh,
2: you know, I, I like, I like your syndicate formation a lot. I'm more of the, I, I like business stuff and, and how I would run a syndicate is as, as I, I like what you're doing. I mean, making a single LLC for a single horse, I think it keeps it clean. It's very easy to figure out uh, where do you stand, and uh, you know it, that's a fun thing. I mean, is the business hard trying to find one of those diamonds in the rough? Yeah, it is. But but you know, you never know, and if you don't try, you just you got to have something in the game, and that's the way I feel. And uh, hopefully, I'll be coming back with either my own, with another partnership with a, of a trainer, or or you guys, or you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's an exhilarating feeling, and knowing that your home tracks are going to be Kentucky, I think that's a big plus. It's a huge plus. And the shipping costs are crazy, though, for little LLCs like mine and yours. Right. It's crazy out.
3: hmm Yeah, we were looking kind of – because Tommy's got a, ba- a couple st- stalls of fairgrounds, but – even the shipping cost, if you claim one at fairgrounds to bring it up, you know, puts a dent in it. And, you know, as long as Kentucky is going to stay like this as far as purse structure, yeah. I mean, it's you a ten thousand dollar claimer, you can make decent money on running at oh, Keenan yeah. and Churchill. I mean, it's it's crazy the amount of purses the that are going to be at Churchill this year, and even Turfway. I mean, Turfway. I think Mama Loves You ran in a five thousand dollar claimer. The purse was like seventy seven hundred. You know, they're running five thousand dollar claimers for like nineteen thousand, I think now. So right,
2: right. And it and you've already answered one big question on this pod. You are patient. Sitting mm-hmm. down for four months is a long time. People get real aggressive, you know, and they 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 uh compromise their business plan, you know. And it sounds like you guys didn't, and obviously it paid
3: off. Yeah, I mean that was. I thank our members and everybody for sticking with me, because the hardest part to me is there's no horse at the beginning. I've got to talk people into giving me, you know. Usually we do about a four or five percent share for about a thousand dollars, you know. So I've got to talk people into giving me a thousand dollars without a horse to show them. So nobody asked for their money back during Gunner Paul, which I'm thankful for their support. And uh, you know, it paid off in the end.
2: Oh, that's great. But you know, it's a lot of responsibility too.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and my thing is I don't ever want to have to um and that's the power of the group and the partnership is I don't want to ever have to walk through the gate on race day and feel like I have to win to pay bills. Yeah.
1: Right. You know, right.
3: Like that it's not fun then. So, you know, if I can go in knowing I've got 10, 15 people in, with me and have my back um then it makes every race fun so that's the biggest thing for me is it's horse racing should be fun you shouldn't have the pressure to pay the bills you know for small owners like us
2: (laughs) yeah and you got to do right by the horse and you said the Mm -hmm. other thing give it time you know because when you buy these two-year-olds in training they're typically cranked up to do one thing yeah minute what do they call it 10 minute lick or 10 second lick or something like that to where they're going quarter to quarter pole, and they got to be, you know, they're just dialed up to do that one thing for that one day. But then when they get to the track, it's a totally different, totally different story.
3: Yeah. And that's what uh, the couple of horses that we bought <coughs> with uh, Churchill Downs racing club at the uh, training sale, you know, it's taken them probably four to six months to get retrained basically. So, but at least, you know, they're good enough to make it to the track. Um, you know, you buy a yearling in September and, y- you know, you're not even guaranteed that horse is going to make it to the track.
2: Yeah. Now, have you guys only bought Colts? Is that what you're kind of eyeing? Or are you looking for a Philly at all?
3: Um, th- That's just what's happened. I mean, we're we would we if a Philly came up, we would buy it. You know, yeah. it's just kind of the way it's worked out
2: it's it's the only way I've learned so far and they they build residual value mm-hmm. Can I tell you I mean that's all it takes I and mean, it's uh and I'm not real smart you know I've only done this a couple times and the first mm-hmm. time I lost and second time I actually got a check back today
3: yeah yeah it's uh i I wouldn't have thought that we would have uh even broke even but you know, we basically broke even on Gunnar Paul's win with that group. So it didn't really matter. Um, the next race, what happened? We were playing with house money.
2: That's right. That's great. Well, thanks for being on the pod tonight, Craig. You know,
0: I've been thinking about this. It probably should be mandatory for just about any owner that wants to get in the business that they take part in a partnership like this so they can, you know learn the, the the ground rules of the game you know you can learn you know what a what a trainer's bill looks like and and you can learn you know wh- why it takes some horses to get so you know take takes them so long to get, get to the track and, mm-hmm. and you know it, it 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 would probably be be helpful for for uh, for rookies to to go this route just you know as, as a learning experience
3: and that's why I like it at around the thousand or two thousand dollar range. You shouldn't have, and that's again with going back with the pressure. You shouldn't have to cash in your life savings just to own ten percent of the horse. Right. You know. Um. So, you, you know, I. That's kind of the way I looked at it to begin with, because I've looked at other partnerships and, and you know, the contracts on some of these places are. 15 pages long, you know, that's intimidating to begin with for somebody that doesn't know anything about the, the industry and ownership. So we try to keep it simple, keep it transparent and uh, affordable just to kind of dip dip your dip your toes in the water.
2: One one last question is, I mean, do you even charge for all the work that you put in?
3: No, right now it's just a hobby and I love it. Like I, you know, I want to be involved in the game. I can't do it by myself. So, um, you know, I've got plenty of people to help. Uh, like I said, uh, my buddy Patrick, who's been a member the whole time, he's kind of, kind of helped with the second group this year. And, um, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, we're not going to sell the horse, you know, we're not going to buy the horse and then, Sell it, sell it back
2: for more.
3: Yeah. yeah, that that always just kind of like
2: so wrong.
3: Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> that to begin with, and you know, and people are spending fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars on you know ten percent shares of a horse that they're getting sold to. Yeah, I just none of that ever made sense to me. So that's oh. kind of why we were like, Let's see if we can do this. You know, we're not trying to win the Derby. We're not trying to. Uh, have a stud farm, we want to show up to races, have fun, uh, support the bartenders at the races, and see if we can get a couple pictures taken.
0: David, how can uh, someone, uh prospective client, get in touch with you?
3: Uh, we're on Facebook at Bluegrass Racing Club. Uh, they can email bluegrassracingclub at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take care of them answer well, any questions they have
0: david uh we're, we're grateful that you'd uh you joined us tonight uh, we wish you the best of luck with your partnership and uh, hope you hope you pick out a fast horse at ocala uh either this spring or later this summer and uh hopefully we'll bump into each other at the races soon uh, definitely you we try to hang out on the third floor you're on the first floor maybe we can meet in the middle We we'll go to the second floor and hang out at
3: the
0: <laughs> somewhere down in there
3: uh, that sounds good, I, and I appreciate what you guys do spotlighting Kentucky racing, um, especially Turfway and Ellis. Those are just as good as, uh, I mean, just as important as Churchill and Keeneland.
0: Well, but we we live it and breathe it every every single day, or we 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 like to. So, uh, but uh, David, uh, this is David Rogers with the Bluegrass Racing Club. Once again, thank you for coming on, and and we'll we'll see you soon, hopefully in the winter circle
3: all right thank you guys thanks david
0: all right that was david rogers from the bluegrass racing club as he said you can find him on facebook contact him if you want to if you have any interest in uh horse ownership uh on the partnership level you can uh uh trust me it's a lot of fun at any level i mean i i miss the old days when uh when you know those nickel claimers would run you know three times a month and they, you could have a lot of fun with the horse like that yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, times have changed now. But yeah, uh, give uh, give David a look uh, if you're looking for a for a partnership.
1: Really nice guy. We really enjoyed having David on. I mean, we wish him nothing but the best. And uh, I feel like there's gonna be a lot more winners in Bluegrass Racing's future with him at the helm. Uh, really good guy. Speaking of partnerships, uh, we are uh, we own what what one
0: three hundred and sixtieth of a share of <laughs> uh, Brilliant Racing. Uh, Brandon, uh, what's coming up for uh, for the Brilliant Racing partnership?
2: Well, I think on Friday at Fairgrounds, Caramel Crush It is entered. Uh, what race? Race six.
0: I believe it's race six.
2: Yeah, I think I read that. And uh, you know, Brilliant does a great job with their their syndicate as well and very transparent today I you know they send out a little news headline and then uh attached to that if you want to look at the monthly financials you can click there and it's all in Excel looks pretty transparent and um uh, I think they've done a great job and this is a great purchase for a fair price
1: yeah I think uh, I think Carmel Crush is gonna be a runner uh, this uh Joe and Brandon and Natalie picked out a good one and it's one that I've had on the back of my mind for a while and it's it's it, uh, it's one who I would have went after. I'll put that. So I'm looking for, hopefully they get the races in. I believe CC told me that the, uh, there'd be a little bad weather in Arkansas, like there's to be everywhere, but hopefully they get the race in on uh, Friday. Cause I think this is a good one.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you yeah, know, bad weather is going to affect us here in Kentucky. I got a feeling uh, Thursday at Turfway is in jeopardy, maybe even Friday, uh, depending yeah. on how, how bad, how much snow we get. So yeah. uh, you might hold up before you start uh, digging into those Thursday and Friday Turfway cards.
1: Yeah, but maybe we can get Caramel Crush home first. Maybe Arkansas get their racing in, and uh, uh we can get Mr. Christofek, Mr. Staubel, Miss Giles, and the rest of the brilliant family a win on Friday. Hey, guys. Guys. Yeah.
2: I'm getting something over my Morse code. <laughs> Hold on. It's coming down from the fairgrounds. Hold on. Oh. I'm reading it all out. It says, just might, may might. Oh, excuse me, might. I can't read Morse all the time. <laughs> February 19th, the horse may be back, so we'll see. Thanks, Michelle. I'll have to write her back in Morse code and see what happens. But just might, might be entered uh, down the fairgrounds, February 19th.
1: Really? On that day? What about this Dubai trip that we're talking about? Is that a prep for Dubai?
2: I don't know. All right. Morse code, the connection severed, something about Russia you know, invading Ukraine, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Well, if, for those that don't know, Michelle's been invited, more than likely been invited, to uh, uh, the big race. So what's the name of the race out there in Dubai? CC, well, the,
0: the sprint, um, the six furlong sprint, called the Golden Shaheen. And then the, the G- six furlong on turf is the Alquaz sprint. Uh, I the, think it was the, the Alquaz. Sprint. It's the Alquaz. Uh, yeah, well, I think the, the, she may go in either one. But, uh, yeah, she
1: could run either one, but it's one and a half million reasons why half, you would want to do two and a half.
0: Two and a half for the Golden Shaheen. I think maybe one million or a million and a half for the uh, Al Sprint.
1: Al a million and a half. So, uh, we've all talked to Michelle. We know which you we know, are with all the machinations about it. We'll see what she eventually decides. Because at the end of the day, it's her choice. Whatever she does, we wish her the best. And uh, it would be exciting to see that, would it not?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get up.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll make it.
0: A-
2: yeah, I'll be up. Be I'll make that one. Yeah, yeah. Craig sleeps in, though. We know Craig sleeps in on Saturdays.
0: Yeah, I get like your, five. You bet your ass, I sleep in on Saturday. <laughs> oh, one last thing. Uh, getting back to our initial theme of Tom Brady and cheating bastards. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alan, I know you're a big fan. You like to follow the National Handicapping Championship. I think they had it in Las Vegas. You're 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 big in the style of. Uh, a gaming or whatever they call it, this, these contests. Uh, apparently, uh, one of the uh, qualifiers or one of the contestants in their big contest, uh, he basically did not show up. He had a runner place his bets for him while he was in Florida at the racetrack, uh, and he was disqualified. I don't think he was going to win anyway, but he was disqualified from running. Very big embarrassment. Alan, uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you chime in? on this
1: <laughs> uh there's been a lot of chiming in on this uh, i guess the <laughs> summation uh to put i guess what i'm gonna say is i don't care <laughs> i don't i cannot <laughs> believe this is getting this much attention uh cc was being cynical on the nhc thing i, I care less about the nhc i i got nothing against handicapping contests and if you're all for that go at it but i really don't understand if it really does those things determine the best handicapper right uh you're just stabbing to beat the guy that's ahead of you. It seems like I know there's a lot of strategy involved. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. But uh, my God, this thing is. This thing has been debated back and forth about like, yeah, he cheated. He cheated. Uh, get over it. I mean, my God, move on. It's like, uh, do we have to have something to argue about all the time? Uh, I don't have any strong. Opinion. I don't really. I really don't. The guy that we all know who the guy is. I never been a handicapper on my radar i will tell you straight up who i think the good handicappers are out there and i will tell you straight up who the bad ones are um that one's not on that one's somewhere in between those two lists for me uh yes it's cheating uh do i care not really (laughs) i'll just leave it at do you have any opinions (laughs) yeah well I on twitter
0: i mean chuck simon kind of said you know Everybody's arguing about this uh, disqualification. Well, well, in the meantime, a story broke in this uh this doping yes. trial from Seth Fishman that he was helping Sheikh Mohammed with a 2 million dollar program at his Equine Hospital and uh, basically admitting that uh, Godolphin is cheating or doping their horses and uh, that kind of kind of fell on deaf ears for for a lot of people. I, right. I, That to me, that story is one
1: million times more important than this uh, quote scandal. uh, Yeah, you're exactly right. I remember a couple of months ago. I mean, this is you know, Twitter's its own little world. We're involved in Twitter. I you know, I use Twitter. Don't get me wrong, Uh, but horse racing Twitter can be a little bizarre. I mean, they go people will go on and on about cheaters and blah 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 and. This sucks. That sucks. This is crooked. That's crooked. And then they go bet they go bet the very track that they're on about they the same trainer that they're on. It's like, man, if you if you feel this way, take some stands, use some conviction. I remember a couple months ago, Parks had that. Uh, everybody bitches about parks all the time and rightfully so. I don't bet it. I tell you, I don't bet a track. I don't bet it. They bitch about parks being crooked and bad for animal welfare. And they're right about it. High takeout, but they had some giant pick five carryover. So those same people were out there betting that carryover, betting the same guys that they know cheats. that they claim they cheat. It's like, man, if you're going to make us take a stand, have some conviction. Right. Am I right? Tell me I'm right. I just like hearing I'm right. You're always right. Thank you. Well, right. <laughs> but yeah, the NHC, if you're into that stuff, that's great. Uh, more power to you. I hope these guys win it, but it, I, I, they have like play-by-play reports. I'm like, I, I just can't imagine. But uh, anyway.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, tie a bow on this one. Episode 90 of the Xavier Gate Podcast. Before we go, we'll throw it back over to Brandon Jaggers. Brandon, I know uh, uh, you, had a, you had a great weekend yourself. I, I got to break bread with you and Will Necker. <laughs> and uh, it, was, uh, it was a lovely weekend. I, 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 I applaud you. You're a great chef. Your wife's a great chef. Anything you want to, you want to,
2: well, thank you, CC. And I'm glad we finally got to do it. It was a fun weekend. We saw a lot of racing, uh, like seeing the Bengals, you know, take down a big victory this weekend. Like seeing our wildcats kick Kansas ass.
1: Yeah. That was like
2: an unbelievable game, uh, especially at Kansas. It was just a great weekend. We need to do more about it and, and more fun, uh, to come. Let's hope. And yeah, we, uh, Man, I, I've never cooked one of those since, standing rib roasts, but uh, I'd like to do it again and uh, maybe put a different touch. I even bought a new grill. So if I get this new grill out, learn how to do it, it's probably going to taste even better.
0: Sounds good. On that note, let's wrap it up here. Okay, so on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, this is CeCe Us reminding you that gambling money got no home.
3: Who day? <laughs>